You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Guardian. And welcome to episode 39 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and you, the community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we thank you as always for making us a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And my name is David. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about Festival of the Lost and all its magic raisins. We're also going to be talking about the hard mode. Wrath of the Machine Raid, and where the game stands right now in PvP and PvE. Before we go into the show, make sure that you guys are checking out all the other podcasts available here on the Mash Shows Button Network at www.mashshowsbuttons.com. And make sure to get involved with InOrbit by sending us questions at inorbitpodcasts at gmail.com. Also make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, and Pocket Cast. And if you're an RSS person, make sure to check out our RSS feed available on www.mashosbuttons.com slash in-orbit. Let's go ahead right into it. We're going to be talking about Festival of the Lost and all the spooky encounters that we're going to exp- experience. Well, it has its own commercial, so it at least seems to be in the same fashion of Festival of the Lost times two from last year. Maybe a little bit of the April update. We already know that there's going to be a whole bunch more rewards. There's going to be Ghost. I believe there's a Speeder. Don't quote me on that. Um, There's at least two different Ghosts. A Ghost Ghost. Literally a sheet put over the Ghost. Then there's the Devil Ghost. I forget what the actual term is, so don't quote me if it's Devil Ghost or not. But they literally taped horns on the ghost and a paper <laughs> devil tail. It's actually really, really funny and, dare I say, cute. Um, and in addition to that, there's a whole bunch of more masks, and it seems that Eris has recorded a couple, or the speaker for Eris, the, the vocal talent for Eris, has recorded a couple new lines for Eris, for Festival of Lost. So I'm excited to see that. And I just hope that there's a little bit extra Last year in Festival Lost, we actually got Cathedral of Dusk, which, for better or worse, was a PvP map that we could go into and do things in. Hopefully there's something similar to that this year, where there's maybe a strike, maybe a new PvP map, maybe a new exotic. I might be hoping for, for a little bit too much, but just going back on what we saw last year, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility expect some sort of map or some sort of strike or something so david what do you think we're gonna get for festival loss um i mean i think we'll get masks obviously we'll get them costumes we've seen a few quests um last year's quests were weird though because you could only complete them if you got certain masks so it kind of like pigeonholed you into either playing a whole heck of a lot of this game to farm or just buying a bunch of stuff and i mean i think i spent like 10 15 dollars last festival never got all the math so i couldn't complete all the quests besides that i mean i'm hoping for a new pvp map we did get cathedral of dusk last year so yeah but besides that i mean the most i think we'll get is that you know pvp map and a few random quests involving masks or whatnot i do find it cool that they did put in a new um kiosk over by eva levante for ornament i think not ornamental what is it called holiday Yes, yeah, no, that's awesome. Called. Yep, I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it either, but it, it's got all those old masks, so my vault space was freed up by about 20 spots when they released yeah, so. that. 
I'm so glad because I had a whole bunch of masks that are in my vault and I can now delete them without having to worry about losing out on them. Um, but yeah, th there's a lot of things that we can expect and we are really not sure. Um, it seems weird because this time last year we had no idea of Festival of the Lost. We knew that there was a Cathedral of Dust somewhere, but we didn't know when we were going to be able to go into it. They had already data mined it. They had already pulled up information for it. But all of a sudden, boom, we get Festival of the Lost. We're like, what just happened here? We just walked into the tower. Um, it's not just going to be confined to the tower this year. It's going to be at the Reef, and it's going to be at the Iron Temple, which to me is kind of weird. It's like, okay, let's go to the Iron Temple, which we just liberated and celebrated Halloween. Ben, they're yeah. trying to liven things up, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, just Lord Saladin doesn't seem like the liveliest person. Hey, he took his helmet off. He's getting pretty lively these days. <laughs> if I see a wolf with a pumpkin head, I'm going to be done. Oh, that'd anyway. be awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> Give him some jackal lights or whatever they are. <laughs> so it's it's going to be a fun little event, but... It's unfortunate that people are going to be looking to this event for a lot of stuff. I am not going in with giant expectations, but I already know that there's a lot of people who are expecting big things out of this, which they really need to temper their expectations. Uh, I already know that there's people expecting new rewards, new a whole bunch of new exotics, and and I mean, I, it seems like this is just something to tide us over. It always is. This is one of those just random events that they've they've now made yearly. And at this point, the only real content we'll get from an event will be when SRL comes out. We'll have a couple of weeks of playing that. But like you said, people need to temper their expectations to the fact that this is just two weeks of fun. It's not really new content. I mean, the quests aren't going to be new quests. If we get a cutscene, I will honestly be surprised. We did get a cutscene with Iron Banner. We did, but if you think about it, this is also an Iron Banner-based expansion. So having one cutscene to introduce a new character really probably came with them making the expansion. This is more of a live team thing. So, you know, like I'd love I'd love a cutscene, but I'm going to keep my expectations super low so that I just feel like it's just an add-on. It's nothing new content-wise. Um, one thing I really hope for is I hope that when we do get these masks and uh, the ghosts and stuff, I... I hope that they actually have stats that are infusible so they're not just pointless zero light stuff. Because if we have to go do nightfalls or strikes with these helmets again, like, it's gonna, my light's going to take a big hit and the nightfall's going to get kind of difficult. Especially this week's nightfall. Let's talk about this week's nightfall. Because this is not the first time that we've had to do this strike with the modifiers that it has. Oh, All right. So it is the Shield Brothers strike with Solar Burn. And if anybody knows anything about Cabal, pretty much every single gun that they have and fire at you is solar. Oh, every single gun in that last room is solar. Even the Scions are solar because they're the special Scions or whatnot. It's annoying. Yeah, I, I, I'm all for difficulty, but there has to be a way to... There has to be something that you can do to not get into what I call the cheap NES deaths, where it's just you just got screwed. Like, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing. There's no way to prepare for it. You just got screwed. And yeah. there's there's a lot of moments in that strike where there's nothing you can honestly do. There's no, it, there's no safe spot. There's no place where you can go for a second. I'm not saying that you have to, that you have to go into a spot and basically icebreaker somebody to death. But there has to be at least a little breathing room so you can reload or recharge or whatever and move again. Because getting hit from across the map from a Centurion is just, it's, it's really, really, it's frustrating. This, this week's Nightfall is really, really frustrating. It is. And, and anytime there's Solar Burn and I see Solar Burn for the weekly heroic, I'm, I, the first thing I think of is, oh God, we got the Shield Brothers. And there's people that believe that the, the second Shield Brothers come up and they already know it's it's Solar Burn, they're out. They, they'll leave that heroic matchmaking playlist. They don't want to deal with that. That room is just, it's 
punishing. It's really, really punishing. It is. It's basically if if you don't have true communication, like I've done a few of the nightfalls again, I did two of them so far. And it's basically like you have to be on point with your team. You need to control those ads before they ever come out the doors or you're going to be in trouble, which I mean, if you do it right, it's not hard. If you're paying attention, use Galahorn at the doors or throw some solar nades and you can handle it fine. But at the same time, like one miss nade, one slip up and a slug shot from a scion takes you down to 10% health and you're starting that room all over again. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of. I've I've slowly become not a fan of the solar arc and void burn. And it seems like they've been really, really relying on those modifiers lately, as opposed to a real difficulty match game. As much as I hate it, I'm okay with it. Um, Even which what's the one? Is it chafe? That means there's no radar. Yeah, that, that's I mean, that, hard, dude. Th- that is a hard modifier, but it but it doesn't. It's not unfair. That just means that you got to be attent- uh, attentive of your surroundings. Like when I see solar burn, that just means I got to kill something as fast as possible before I before I get overwhelmed. And that's what this nightfall is. And that's not a fun way to go through a strike, at least in my opinion. I know a lot of people back in the day of. Uh, elemental primaries they were like oh yeah i got my atheans uplog for for void burn i'm just gonna burn right through everything that's not how you should design a game in my opinion i i i just think that they need to i don't know if it's hand-picked or if it's random but these modifiers just they really really I don't, i'm not a fan of them and and solar burn arc burn void burn it just feels like a cheap way to introduce difficulty or a cheap way to make things easier when it I, I've never been a fan of that. Just make things difficult, but make it so that kind of go in the Ninja Gaiden way where it, it's challenging, but there's a rhyme to the reason if you failed, it's because you did something wrong. And in this this strike or this nightfall, you can do everything right and one thing will mess up that you have absolutely no control of. Like that giant range that 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 John Cena has with his flaming punch. And it's just like you can't do anything. There's nothing you can do to avoid that. Yeah. So. So, yeah, with the uh, hard mode version of Wrath of the Machine. There's obviously a couple changes. They made it a little bit harder. And by harder, I mean way more cumbersome in some spots. So let's go ahead and talk about it. The first part is pretty much the same. Everything starts off at 380, I believe, at that first area. So you're taking a lot more damage. And this is where that chest plate comes into play. Where if you hold the SIVA charge, you take less damage. Especially if you're one of the middle people who's throwing the SIVA charges at Vosik. Since he has direct line of sight on you, he is doing massive amounts of damage with that uh, Scorch Cannon. Way more than you were taking in normal. And it is very easy to get overwhelmed really, really quickly in that first part. Um, It's still pretty much the same. Nothing's changed. Then you go to Vosik. Hold on now. Hold on now. Oh, Vosik. Okay, never mind. I thought you were yeah. talking about Vosik too. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Are no, you no, no. Talking no. about nothing's changed. Vosik one, nothing's changed. I got just you with the outside hard. part. Yeah, that part's yeah. not too bad. That's my review. Not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> two out of ten would not bang. Anyway, <laughs> so Vosik two, this is where things change completely. Um, the monitors themselves, as opposed to being random all over the place on the left, all over the place on the right. It's been confined to three big monitors, one on the left, one on the right, one in the middle. And at first you're just like, well, why didn't they just make that the version on normal mode as opposed to hard mode? Well, the larger monitors have more health, I guess you could say. Yeah. It's, it, it's a lot harder to take them down. And yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't think it was that big of a change. I understand what they were doing. That makes sense. That that was everybody kind of predicted. I mean, everybody predicted that it'd be two monitors, but 
it's basically the health of three for one of these. You you really need a, at least like three or four people from your team shooting. So it's kind of yeah. went with what everybody predicted. Yeah, I I per I, me personally, I would have gone with three different monitors with more health, but that's just me. Um, anyway, uh, so the enemies are pretty much the same. Just they're higher light. Bossic is the same himself, just higher light. The big difference is his shield takes more damage. So to compensate for that, you have six bombs as opposed to three bombs. So either everybody has to throw the bombs at the same time, or the two people who are throwing bombs, or the three people who are throwing bombs, need to time it so that they're throwing the first three at the same time and then the second three at the same time. So there's a lot more stuff going on with regards to his health. So and just I would go ahead. Um, when I did it, I didn't actually realize you could do that where you throw three and then three. When my whole team was doing it, we were just throwing six at a time. I never actually realized you could throw three separately. Yeah, so that's that's a big thing. And with the with all the with just slightly slightly more ads and and all the exploder shanks and all this stuff going on. You're definitely going to need somebody to go ahead and take care of the ads. Um, now, when you do your damage phase, it's just like normal. But the rooms, they have a giant slab of wall right in front of them. So now the mechanic is to slide or to crawl underneath the doors <laughs> so that you can get into the clean room. I would be okay with that mechanic for the most part if it wasn't for the fact that the slide doesn't work all the time. I don't know if it's the height of the wall or or what it is, but it just seems like maybe the walls are just a little too low. Yeah, it, it's weird. Um, you were talking with me about this, about how you had a few times where you just kind of got randomly stopped. And it was happening to one of the people in my raid team who I raid with a lot, who actually every single time he was trying to go in, and we'd make fun of him for it, but for some reason with his connection or something, he just couldn't get under that door. And it is very weird because, I mean, if you've been playing this game for any decent amount of time at all, you know how to slide, you know how far your slides are going to be. And it's weird to think that you would mess up a slide, especially at that point. So maybe there's something off with those doors. I don't know. It's one of those dynamics that they added that wasn't necessary, but I think it's fun. It adds, adds a little bit more to the, the fight. I'm I'm okay with the with you sliding into it, but maybe they just need to raise the doors just a little bit more to allow us that slide to really be useful. Because right now, I, I I I've actually done it several times. Half of the time I slide in, half of the times even at the same spot, and I know I'm doing it right. I just I, it doesn't work for me. So I don't know. It, it's it's oh it's hit or miss with regards to that. Um. But yeah, anyway, besides that, it, that has pretty much been, that fight has been the one that breaks the camel's back right there. If you don't get that fight down, uh, that that's the hardest fight in, in the raid. Um, and every everything else has, has been pretty much easy to, or easier to understand with regards to the raid. Uh, what do you think, David, of, of that part, that fight itself? Yeah, so um, that fight, when I went through it, because I went through it uh, almost right away. We did a little bit of prep before we went in. I think we waited about half hour, 45 minutes um, before going in with my team on release day. And um, that was the only part of the raid that actually gave us trouble. And it was, like I said, we were just doing six bombs at once. And that wasn't really giving us problem because our team understood like enough to communicate. We had a central leader calling out you know, the count and everybody would throw all six. The problems we had with it was the ads because the ads in that that room are so much more intense than when you do it on normal, especially when it comes down to shank phase. And mm -hmm. my big problem with that room, I don't have problems with the heavier health monitors. I don't have problems with the slide. Like I said, I think it's fun. And I don't have problems with the six bombs. My problem is where the bombs drop. And that's because, uh, especially because now when it's dropping the front bombs and the back of bombs, when the bombs drop in front on shank phase, they're basically dropping in front of exploder shanks. 
And there will be times where it's either you don't get in there in time to throw with everybody or throw before your Steva kind of explodes, or you go there and get there in time, but now the shanks blow you up because they're on top of you. And I think that's a problem that they're make they make it so you're almost pigeonholed into dying essentially, unless you're a high light higher than the room is. And I think you shouldn't have problems necessarily dying from a dynamic if you are the required light level, which I mean, I know people say, well, you're supposed to be higher light level, but if you are 380, then there shouldn't be a position in the raid where if you play the raid, how it's supposed to be played, it kills you for playing it how it's supposed to be played, which is what it kind of seems like with where these spawn. If you play it properly, you will die because of where the exploder shanks spawn. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with a lot of that. Um, yeah, the, the the first team I did it with, yeah, it just was not working for us, and we did not finish it in time. And I had to go to bed early because I had a <laughs> double shift at work all this week. Woo! Fun stuff. Let me tell you, let me tell you doing five straight days of double shifts, woo! Oh, anyway, um, now I just sound like I'm having first world problems, but that's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> all right, so... With, let's go ahead and move on to the next part. So, obviously not talking about the chests or the rewards. So, we get to the Siege Engine. Siege Engine, pretty much up same up until a specific point where all of a sudden, boom, here comes Mr. Mr. Walker. so hard when I saw that. I was like, wait, what did they do? Yo, did you use Outbreak Prime on him, though? With the Walker? Yeah. Yeah, it takes him down really you will You melt him with Outbreak Prime. And, like, I understand some people might not have it, but if you do, like, use it because it melts that walker. Here's the thing, like, it, it's... It, I probably would not be one of the people with Outbreak Prime, and the reason being, I'm one of the people with the swords clearing out the captains. Uh, see, so. see, when we ran, we had two warlocks, so uh, both of our warlocks ran... Um, Stormcaller, Storm and we just cleared all the ads with Stormcaller, and then you know, Outbreak primed the Devil Walker, or whatnot. But was it just me, or was that easier than normal mode? Because I thought it was easier. I don't think it was easier. I just think that because we you had everything down to a science, it just made it just seems so that you were you you were expecting that hard thing, and and when it when it finally came out, you were like, okay, let's go ahead and take this out. So you or, you were already prepared for the fight for the most part. I think I think the it, the chaos and everything still makes that the most fun section. And it was very very funny to see all out of nowhere Devil Walker because <laughs> we were remember we were talking about this I think not last week but the week before uh, of what could be in that uh, in the hard mode and we were like well baby siege engines well it turned out it wasn't too far from the truth. Because baby, uh, baby siege engine is pretty much the walker and just True. throws out. No, yeah, it was. It was the reason why I thought it was easier anyway. It's just because it seems like you have so much more time to do it now, so you can really pace yourself taking out those captains and stuff. And you get to the walker, you take him out, especially with how fast you can take that walker out. Like it just seems like you have so much more time to defeat. I mean, you have at least six minutes because it says defeat it in under six minutes, and like that's really not that. Short of a time to to do that encounter, right? That that's a lot of time. So I I honestly think it's because people had a lot more. Um, people already knew that because it's going to be harder. They they needed to equip themselves for ad control, and and to better prepare themselves for ad control, where they may not have been as prepared for ad control the first time going around. People that's were- just. That's just me thinking out loud, and and I think that's what happened. I think people were also more prepared to not just run into a pile of ads and die because they knew they couldn't be revived. Right. So let's go ahead and go to the next section. David, why don't you go ahead and talk about Axis 1? Yeah, so Axis 1 um, is basically the exact same fight, except now you have three turrets, one position on the left, one position on the right, one position on the middle. Uh, the turrets that you see in the story modes and in certain strikes are the turrets that are there. You can shoot them down. And that's the only real change to this fight. Um, I mean, besides harder ads because it's a higher level, but you just got to make sure to take down those turrets. And if you haven't figured it out yet, one high impact sniper rifle shot takes it down. So you put that on a character and you have one person sitting there worrying about turrets, you're all set. Yeah. 
Those turrets, oh, I hate them. Oh, if, um, if you don't pay attention to them, they will punish your team. <laughs> um, and then comes Axis 2. Yeah, Axis 2. Again, not much of a change. We just saw more servitors, which is something I don't think we ever said that was a prediction, but that's, you know, that seems like a pretty, it's kind of the only thing you could really change with that fight without really changing the dynamics. They just made it so it's like the last phase of Axis 1 where you have to, I think it's seven bombs have to be thrown at Axis to take his shield down now. And the thing about that is, I think it would have been fun if they'd kept the turrets in. They didn't, but that surprised me. No, forget the turrets. I'm done with turrets. (laughs) No, I, I expect, I honestly expected more servitors for Axis 1. Axis 2, I, I guess it makes sense why there were more servitors. I just thought that there would be more of a change because when, I, when I'm thinking of, of hard mode, let's just go back and think of the other stuff for hard mode um, or the other raids. In Vault of Glass, on hard mode, the difference was whoever didn't get teleported got the, um, the shield, the, t- the tame and shield. On... Hard mode Crota, the difference was that there was no uh, Chalice of Light, and when he got to a certain point of health, he enraged. Oryx, the different was the the Knights, and that was a huge change. So it changed a lot of the fight. It changed the entire strategy people approached that fight. So I expected something along the lines where there was a, either a different enemy, a different deterrent something like that and the fact that it was just more servitors i don't know uh it's an okay change but it wasn't what i expected i i expected something a little bit more difficult something that some sort of enemy some sort of i i I don't know about turrets (laughs) i i actually expected turrets in other parts of the of the raid and i didn't get them turrets have been fun in jumping puzzles yeah, I expected turrets because we were talking about it. Where, uh, maybe not on the show, but at least you and me, when we were doing strikes, where we would get those turrets every so often. We we're like, we're definitely getting turrets in the raid. Yes, and yep. We ended up not getting them. But then again, I I said the same thing about. Um, I don't mean to cut you off, so no, you're sorry. fine. But a, a long time ago, before um, Crota came out, I was like, oh yeah, we're definitely getting lots of wizards and. Didn't get that many wizards in the raid, so it's like okay. So I'm uh, so it's it's really hard to predict predict where they go with these raids, and I, I I I for just for the last boss fight, it I don't know I I think it, it's a it's an okay change I I just don't think it it was hard enough. It 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 definitely fell into the the vault of glass territory. Where it just had that detainment shield. Yeah, no, I I agree. And part of this thing is, I I guess because we've done we had done the normal raid a lot. I don't know how many times you'd done it. I had done it at least fifteen, twenty times because I I'd, I'd done my own raids, then done a couple carries and helping people throughs. So these like the servitor phases had become second second nature to us. There is real no really no like trouble with it. But maybe for teams who aren't as experienced and ha- don't have the communication practice, this servitor phase could be a lot of a problem. Maybe Bungie thought, like going into this, oh, this is a you really need to communicate what's going on here. But I don't know with the, with this time you have to do it, and the fact that no real ads really spawn when the servitors are out. Like if they'd added more ads to when the servitors are out, that could have caused some serious problems. But you know, you're right. It's really not that hard of an addition, especially when you're practiced at the raid. Mm-hmm. So just a little bit uh, of speculations. Um, now that we've gone through hard and normal, what, given the new changes and, and, and what is expected, what do you think will be the challenge modes? Um, challenge modes, I would say... For it's it's only Vosik and Axis, right? There's only two yeah. challenges. So I think for Vosik, I want to say don't miss a bomb, but I don't see them doing that. I would think it basically be don't reuse a clean room or the same person can't reactivate a clean room or something like that, kind of similar to War Priest. Well, you can't you can't reuse a ch- uh, a clean room. Yeah, you can. 
No, once 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 some once the the, the panel is destroyed, that room will never light up again. Um, I'm pretty sure I've reused one. No, I, you may have died and then reused it, but but it, you you can't use that room after it's been uh it's been used oh. for a cleanse. Well, I thought you could. I guess you can't. But um, then yeah, I don't know. Then probably don't miss a bomb, maybe. Which with six bombs could be slightly difficult, but I don't I don't know too much. What do you think for Vasek? Because I honestly th- I think that their 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 method of madness is going to be each person must throw one at least one um, Siva charge per um, damage phase. Okay. Well, and oh, then- well, hold on now. Isn't there? There's a normal mode challenge, right? And a hard mode challenge? And it's right, the so, same thing, so it has to be something that can happen in both. Correct. So you, you can do, well, for example, like, at least, so under normal mode, what we would have done was, I let's say it was me and somebody else. I would have been the SIVA throw in the middle, no matter what. But under challenge mode, I would throw one, then the next time SIVA drops, another person would have to throw one. So you can't. You have to keep alternating between people. Some, something like that. I could see them easily doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be interesting. It- I think. I think for for Axis, the challenge mode is going to be every time he teleports, you have to activate uh, the uh, the supercharge, the empower guardians. Yeah, that's. I've thought about that, and that would suck if you have to do that. But I've also thought maybe nobody can slam twice during a phase because that would really make you have to focus up. I don't know. Cause there, there are times where like just by happenstance, um, someone will slam all three times because they'll go left or they'll go back. And like, that's just where access happens to go. Uh, so maybe there could be something with that, that would really, really be a terrible way to do challenge mode because it's completely random where he goes and it's completely random who gets chosen? I really hope they don't do that. I, I, right, as but if much you think as, about it, you can cover every spot with two people after he's teleported. You could. That would just... Oh. It'd take a lot of communication. I, I mean, I don't necessarily think they'll do it. I honestly can't think of what Axis Challenge Mode is going to be. That's that's my thing. It's both of them, really. It's There were, there were some very obvious things with um the the... Goldoroth was the Goldoroth. easiest one to figure yeah, out. Yeah, that was okay. Everybody different has to take the gates. Like that's that's a pretty easy thing to think of. And War Priest was basically the first thing someone tried was, oh yeah, that's it. Nobody else can step on it. Um Oryx was a was a big loop, but it was also kind of predictable in a way. People it was one of the first things people tried was all right, let's try activating them all at once. And I'm sure I mean, I don't know. There's nothing like that. There's no dynamic similar to those in this Vosik and Axis fight, especially if, as you say, the worms can't or the cleanse rooms can't be reused. There's no like thing that you can really decide unless it's don't miss a bomb. But I don't know. Because the only thing I can think of would be to have, which would fit the history of challenge mode. It wouldn't make people happy because it'd be like, that's the challenge the same person cannot activate the cl- the clean room right or i mean uh, c- could it could it technically be um you can't uh sh- you can't what am i trying to say here you can't mess up and have Vosik send you to a clean room early like you can't miss a tv screen but is that really a challenge that would i mean it it would fit what they've done before yeah, it would. I, I just, I, I don't know. That, that, these, that, yeah. it's, it's basically anyway. does challenge mean challenge or does it mean complete it how we think you should complete it? Because there was kind of this discussion when challenge modes came out for King's Fall is it's not really challenge mode, it's complete it in a way that we think you should complete it. But I, I don't think that was the case. I, 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 I honestly, it's hard for me to think that they intended for you to to detonate all 16 orbs at the same time. Right. But at the same time, that's just one of the challenge modes. I mean, with war priest, have everybody take it. Golgoroth, have everybody take it. It's basically like they're making, 
they're making everybody do everything. And there's really nothing that really gets pigeonholed into making everybody do everything besides having different people throw the bombs because everybody has to throw a bomb. Everybody could be empowered because it's not you choose who's empowered, it's random empowers. Yeah, I'm I'm really surprised that the um that there's no challenge mode for Siege Engine. And the reason I say that is a lot of the people for Siege Engine will split up and go forward and, and kind of ignore I th- parts. I think their way of having there be a challenge mode for Siege Engine was complete Siege Engine under six minutes, but that's really not a challenge. I don't know anybody that hasn't done that. Yeah, so so anyway, um that's pretty much it for the hard mode raid. Uh there's a couple changes. The biggest roadblock so far for a lot of people has been access to not access to, I'm sorry, Vosic two, whereas access two wasn't as hard as people thought it might have been. So Nope. It's basically the fight all over again. So David, why don't you go ahead and talk about mash those buttons? Mash Those Buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today on Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. And with that, we'll go ahead and go right into David's favorite part. The Crucible Corner. So, David, why don't you go ahead and talk about this week at Trials of Osiris? Yeah, so this week for Trials of Osiris, we are on the Burning Shrine, as it seems like always. This is probably our sixth or seventh time on Burning Shrine. I don't know exactly, but it's been a lot. Um, I have no problems with the map. It's never been my favorite Trials map, but, I mean, everybody knows their strategies here because we've done it so much. If you don't have practice on this map, you probably don't play Trials that much. Um, yeah, besides that, there's not much to talk about for trials other than I still really feel like there's something off with matchmaking and me and Jorge were talking about this before the show. It might just be that there isn't as big a community playing trials right now, but every single ticket I'm getting three, three, four games with people in the top few thousand. It's usually in the top thousand, but if it's not that it's usually the top two or 3000 of the ELO ratings, um, for people and like my ELO isn't really that high, especially this season. Cause let me tell you, it is going down right now with these games of people I'm playing and like kudos to these people for being that good. But why am I versing them so much? I just yes. want a cakewalk to the lighthouse. <laughs> I want it to be year one and year two all over again. Uh, sad. So sad. Um, with regards to crucible and i mean there haven't been that many changes there haven't been any real changes to crucible lately outside of that crucible drops continue to be a source of getting gear up to 400 so yeah and with the new changes um gold packages are going to give up to 390 and end of reward matches and lighthouse and five and seven wins give you 400 so there's not much to really talk about Crucible, so we'll go ahead and end it there. Nope, that, that um, was that was just my complaining. That's all there is. Yeah. So let's go ahead and go into final thoughts. And the final thought I kind of want to bring up is the the game itself. Um I've been accused on the show of being a little too down on the game. Um but for the the main reason I bring up questions or concerns with regards to this game is because it's a game that I really love and I enjoy playing. So, that being said, it has it has really come the past few weeks. It's come from the highest of highs to a, a it, it seems like a bit of an indifference with regards to the community. This is just what I'm noticing. There's not as many people playing now as there were this time last year with regards to Taken King. And to be fair, in Taken King, a lot of the story missions that we did were basically going through 
old spots or these these missions that we were going through were going through old spots outside of one mission in rise of iron i'm talking about the initial missions they're pretty much all new spots and even then it feels like the game has kind of been put into cruise control now we already know the main reason for this is because they're already actively working on destiny 2 that's their big big money ticket right now they want that game to come out. They want it to come out bad. Especially Activision. But that being said, it feels like we're we're really, really low on content and low on the extra stuff that we were getting last year. Last year we had Black Spindle, we had the No Time to Explain quest, we had other quests that we were doing. The Blade Dancer quest, the Night Stalker quest. We had all these different things that we were doing. And it feels like almost everything was discovered week one with the exception of the Outbreak Prime. Now that we've gotten the Outbreak Prime, now that we've gotten the, the hard mode, and we're soon to be getting the challenge mode, it just seems like we're at this point in the game where there's almost nothing to really do. And that's really unfortunate for a lot of the community because we've gotten to this point where supremacy is great and, and private matches are great, but they can only go so far. The PvE is what people want. PvE is what people expect. Yes, there's a large community out there with regards to PvP and, and esports and all this. And yes, you can use the PvP to drive interest in your game, but there still needs to be a big amount of content in PvE to go to to encourage these people to want to watch your game in uh, PvP. And I feel that right now we're at the spot where I don't think anybody expected us to be at, and this is maybe, what, a month into the game's release? just about a month at the time of the release of the podcast. And it's really unfortunate that we've gotten here so quickly. We already knew it was going to be a smaller expansion or DLC or whatever you want to call it. It's just unfortunate that there weren't enough quests. For me, the quest system is fantastic. It's the most fun that is out there. And I'm not saying that every single quest has to reward an exotic, but use these quests to introduce things the best thing one of the best things about the questing system from year two compared to the questing system that we have here in year three in year two if you completed the quest up to get the the main quest for the raid you had at least a 300 artifact you had at least a 300 special weapon you had some armor pieces. You had things to get you up to the point where you could do normal raid pretty good. Now, yes, the, you, you had to learn the concepts and the, the mechanics, but likewise, you were in a pretty good spot to be effective in the raid. And I don't think that they thought that system through for year three. And that's really unfortunate. Um, I I I go back to this, but and, and it's nice that they fixed it now. Now that there's sources for um, getting ghosts and artifacts, but it never should have gotten to this point where it had to take this long to fix things that should have been there from your from this, the beginning. There should have been a quest where you can get an artifact or a ghost that got you to a good luck, like a 360 ghost, a 360 artifact, so that you can go and do the raid at the minimum light of about 360 without feeling that you're, you're holding your entire team back. And it's really unfortunate that he didn't take advantage of that. And we're only now getting to the... the or to the spot where most people are strong enough and are able enough to do the, the stuff. Yeah. I just, I just, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. I just want to say one last thing. I just, I, I want them to, it feels like quest took a major step back in this expansion. 
and I want them to go and and change that up a little bit, like add quests that to it to the game. Not so much for me, and I'm I'm saying this to be serious. I I I like having things to do, so I'll do it even if the reward isn't as high high of light as it would be beneficial to me. But I would like there to be quests for the people who are getting into this game, into this DLC, so that they can get high enough light without having to worry about grinding nonstop strikes. Because that that system. I hope they really take a lesson from this and they don't introduce that again in Destiny 2. Well, um, one thing that I was going to say, and I I think, I mean, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I think they really could extend the life of their games if they just kind of introduced a quest every few weeks. If they put a small quest out there that's a couple uh, missions long, even if it is going into old areas, but gives people a new reward or a chance say a quest that gives a chance at an artifact this week all right now you get a chance at um a ghost this week or you know a new exotic just random quests every few weeks would extend the life of this game but i do agree that this game is kind of starting to die out not game in general destiny's not dying i'm not saying that people people still play this game no this expansion is starting to die out a lot faster than kind of the past expansions have for the not as hardcore um, obviously I'm going to keep playing this game. Obviously you're going to keep playing this game. Uh, we love this game and, uh, a lot of the community will continue to play this game. But I mean, I've noticed my friends list shrinking a lot faster than when Taken King came out or even when dark below and house of wolves were out. Um, and I think that's a problem. And part of that seems to just be, yes. I mean, they're very focused on destiny Two, which is awesome. Everybody wants that game to be the best game it can be, but they can't forget that they have a, a, community that loves their game and wants to be playing it 24 7 and i know it's hard to put content out and i know it's hard to keep things fresh but at the same time like you have this community that you told it was going to be a 10-year game of constant content and you have to keep up the content to keep people excited even if it is little just two mission quests and stuff just things can keep this game more exciting and more fresh than what they're doing right now and i think that if they were to kind of dive into these other options, then this game could stop losing its community as fast. And that's part of what I think is going on with Trials is right now Trials is is so very focused on the elite that only the elite are playing it. And all the, the casuals in year one and year two have gotten so down on themselves. And I've seen this through looking at um, community Facebook pages and uh, reddit posts and community posts and even within our own clan there are all these people that no longer want to play unless they're getting carried because they're saying hey by myself i'm not going to make it to lighthouse so i'm not going to play trials and i think that's part of what i'm running into is now it's um i'm only playing people who are really really good and who have two kds and i mean i've got a good kd uh, on my newer character so it doesn't include my beginning stats uh where i think i've gotten my beginning guy to like a one four one five but my new guy is like a one seven which i understand why it's putting me up against these people with two kds but yeah it, it comes down to the community is getting smaller in shorter times with each expansion and they really need to do something to keep the community involved as the game goes on yeah so with that david why don't we go ahead and wrap this bad boy up yeah, well, we want to thank you, as always, for listening to In Orbit. Let you know we are available on a ton of platforms, so please make sure to spread the word. We're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play Music, we're on Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, and we have an RSS feed. The link to that is available on www.mashthosebuttons.com. And while you're there, please make sure to check out all the other shows available on Mash Those Buttons Network. We have Double Tap, our podcast dedicated to fighting games in the fighting game community, released bi-weekly on Wednesdays. WoW Talk, our podcast dedicated to World of Warcraft, released bi-weekly on Tuesdays. Watchpoint Radio, our podcast dedicated to Overwatch, available weekly on Wednesdays. SitRep Radio, our podcast dedicated to The Division, released weekly on Wednesdays. Frontline Radio, our podcast dedicated to Battlefield and Battlefront, available once a month on the third week of the month. And of course, we are we are in orbit, your resource for Destiny news and commentary. And we are now available weekly each and every Monday for you to listen to and enjoy. 
For any questions regarding scheduling, check mashedonesbuttons.com slash schedule for all scheduling details. Make sure to check us out on twitter.com slash mtbsite, facebook.com slash mashedonesbuttons, youtube.com slash mashedonesbuttons. David, where can people find you at? You can find me, as always, on Twitter at DS underscore Bolt and streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DSBolt, no spaces, no underscores. And you can find me at all the different locations at GoToNRG. Just check them out or I'm available there. Make sure to contact our show with any questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points, and directs, shapes, and forms. I may not enjoy what lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue. What is in my future is my destiny. And on behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David to my left, jaw in the back we thank you for listening to our show and as always we'll see you on the next mission your destiny calls Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Here's what's coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons. On Monday, October 24th, Jorge and David transmit in orbit, talking about the Festival of the Lost, Heroic Wrath of the Machine, and the Trials of Osiris map, Burning Shrine. On Tuesday, October 25th, Nick and Katie continue their quest to educate you on Warcraft lore on the Torn and the Goblin. This week they're talking about Death Knight Quest, Nazgrim, and Stromgard, Headless Horseman, and the Collapse of Silverhand. On Wednesday, October 26th, Jarrett, Mikey, and Bond bring you the latest in Overwatch and its community on Watchpoint Radio. This week they're talking about big balance updates on the PTR, Blizzard finally addressing competitive matchmaking and skill rank, and how some console players are feeling ignored. On Friday, October 28th, Mike, Rob, and Luke bring you SitRep Radio bringing you the latest in the division and the state of the game. To find more information on all of our shows, go to mashthosebuttons.com slash shows. And to see our full podcast schedule, visit mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule.